Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I never want to upset you, but in the case where somebody is downward spiraling and you've tried every lifeline, the only kind thing remaining is to give them the truth. Have you ever felt completely content in a relationship one minute, only then to find yourself worrying, anxious, and incredibly insecure the next? And the need for reassurance becomes so overwhelming that you find yourself arguing about why they took 20 minutes to text you back. What were they doing? Why did they take so long? Why did they text only the letter K? They couldn't even be bothered to text the letter O for OK. Yep, your insecurity radar is at DEFCOM 1. Well, I have been there and I have the battle scars on my heart to prove it. I have seen firsthand that this type of instability and uncertainty isn't a way to live, nor will it result in a long-lasting, happy relationship. But where is the line between owning that the responsibility is on you to get a handle on your insecurities and someone just blatantly mistreating you? The line between not allowing someone else to define your value and their openly disrespectful actions? Well, today, here to talk very candidly and help us answer those questions is a man with over 20 years of personal relationship experience. A man who can share actionable advice on how he has worked on his own insecurities as well as how he has navigated his wife's, AKA me. So please, welcome to a very personal and intimate edition of Women of Impact with the one, the only, my hubby, Mr. Tom Bilyeu. What's up, baby? Hey, baby, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, so this topic of insecurities, I am seeing more and more coming up, and I get asked a lot of questions about insecurities and how you handle them in relationships. Mm. And so I thought, what was who's the perfect person to bring on to really, really talk very openly about no BS, how we've actually handled and navigated our own insecurities mm. in a relationship? And where I want to start is something you actually said to me only like three weeks ago. So we're in a meeting, you said something, it upset me. On the side, I pulled you aside and said, hey, I just want to let you know what you said to me. It felt like you were invalidating me. And you turned around and in the most um, gracious way, you looked me in the eye and you, you said, but babe, I thought no one can invalidate you. That's on you. And there's so many little nuances within that of how you and when you um, or if you should allow your partner to validate you or not. And is there a fine line? And at what point can you rely on someone to make you feel good? Or is that all on you? And so that's where I want to start. Talk to me about when we first got together, because people that are watching may also be single. So I like to kind of set it up for when you're first getting into a relationship, how you can handle your insecurities um, or your partner's insecurities. And then further, we'll keep going in once you get deep into the relationship and make it long lasting. That's a big topic. Uh, the reality is that 
especially when you're single and you're just starting out, you really do have to have the growth mindset. And what set me free to deal with my insecurities was recognizing that I could get better. And the only thing that I think makes people really run from their insecurities is when it's something they don't think they can do anything about, which is why looks is far more terrifying than a lot of other things, especially for women. So having a growth mindset allowed me to address the things that I felt that I could change, which are, I won't say the sum total of my insecurities, but are the certainly the vast majority of my insecurities. And that is very freeing. And I would say that's where most people need to start. There's so much low hanging fruit when it comes to insecurities around things that you can change um, that I think people really need to start there. And you know, going back to what you were saying about you know, so much nuance and when you've been in a relationship as long as we have, we've gotten to the point where we can say things that maybe you wouldn't otherwise be able to say because you have so much history of investment into the other person, of wanting to lift them up, of them knowing you want good things for them. Um, that you can say something like that. But one of the things that just undergirds all this is I know you have a growth mindset. Um, and so when you say something like that and you know the other person is, isn't is going to break under the weight of that comment, they're, they're going to be reminded of a shared value system. Um, and, and we probably will have to talk about that. Like when you really think about what makes a couple powerful, it's the way that you shape each other's value system. And if you do it in a way that is uplifting, um, you get inoculated from a lot of the suffering that comes with insecurity. Um, that's great, but I'm actually going to push you a bit because when we Please. first got together, we didn't have growth mindsets. And so I'm assuming people are in a situation right now where they have insecurities, it is affecting their relationship. So how do they identify some insecurity they have to work on? Um, and then how do they communicate with their partner? And I will mean you first got together, neither of us has growth mindsets. And I seem to remember you, us playing pool one day. We first got together, we were still dating. It was your first time in England. We were playing pool together. It was competition. I wanted to win, you wanted to win. I thought it would be super sexy for me to come and whisper something in your ear. Right. Take it from there. And it was super sexy. That's the most heartbreaking part of the story is at the time, I believed that if I wasn't better than you at everything, that you wouldn't find me attractive. And that meant that I needed to beat you in pool. Otherwise, you were gonna be like, haha, like, you know, this loser, I can beat him in pool. And I mean, it sounds so dumb now, but at the time, it really felt like if I didn't win, that that would reflect poorly on me in your eyes. I wasn't even worried about myself. Like at the time, I wasn't very competitive, I didn't really care. Um, but I was very worried about what that would make you think about me. But that is an insecurity though, A hundred percent. Oh, no, 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 Th that's not me saying this isn't an insecurity. Uh, 1,000%, uh, not only was it dumb, but it was, it made me insecure. Now this is, if that really was my first trip to England, at that point I haven't even told you that I love you yet. Mm -hmm. So this is very early in the relationship, so much instability. Um, so anyway, we're playing pool, you whisper this thing in my ear, it's incredibly sexy, but it makes me miss on the game winning shot and then you end up winning. And I got mad about it. And looking back now, of course, it's like I had finally had the realization once I had adopted a growth mindset, one, that if I wanted to get better at something that I could, so if I wanted to beat you at pool every time I only needed to practice pool, um, and this gets into sort of complications that go beyond just pure insecurity, but the 
realization that I had on this particular issue was who in the world would want to be in a relationship with somebody who's better than them at everything. And that was very freeing to realize that, you know, in some ways our story is a story about intertwining, but in that moment it it was realizing that you were your own person with your own hopes and dreams, your own desire to be great at certain things, to bring equal weight and prowess to the relationship, but I couldn't see that at the time, right? I mean, just it, it is literally just being young and dumb. Mm. But that one in particular, it's very important that people understand that the real goal is to be desirous of a partner who is equally as powerful as you are and to not want to be the more dominant, the better, the smarter, the wiser, the whatever, right, that stack of values is, is to say, the fun thing here is that I'm with somebody who, in different things, is better than me, and in other things, I'm better than them, and we've come together and said, how much ass can we kick by partnering up? Yeah. Talk to me, though, about how you started to... um change your identity to not want to have to be better than everything, everyone. So, because I think there's two elements here. There's how you deal with your own insecurities in a relationship and then how you deal with your partner's insecurities in a relationship. So I want to start with your own insecurities and then we can talk about how you handled me being insecure in a relationship and then I can kind of give my perspective on that. Woo, that gets complicated. Uh, okay, so the way that I dealt with my own secure insecurities was almost entirely two things. One, a growth mindset. So I'm not good at this yet, but I can get good at this. So I, you know, the famous quote, I forget who said it, but um, there's two things you should never worry about. The things you can't change and the things you can. Because if you can't change it, then what's the point worrying about it? And if you can change it, then just go do something about it. And that was... Um, hugely liberating because you get to the point where you go, I know I could get better at this thing, but I'm actually not interested. It will take too much time and energy. Okay, cool. Then just don't value yourself for that thing. And that's a key part of this. What do you value yourself for? We all need to feel good about ourselves. You're going to feel good about yourself based on what you choose to value. Most people confuse what they have chosen to value Mm -hmm. with what is objectively valuable. Mm. So they think, oh, I value this thing because in the real world, it just simply is valuable. Mm -hmm. But that's not necessarily true. Um, So money is a great example. So people often value money because they think that people with money are, um, they're better in some way. And so they confuse money with worth. So that becomes the first thing that people have to untangle is, oh, I've chosen to value this thing. And because I am either good or not good at this thing, I feel better or worse about myself. That's the first thing you have to get control of. And that's, sorry, just to add to, because it's so freaking powerful. You're absolutely right. And I think women, speaking for myself, did that with beauty. And you said it earlier. And because I was teased for my looks, I obviously felt very um, unworthy. and for women, young you just freaking get older. Like there's no going younger. So if youth is valued every single day, you're getting by definition, at least how I used to think, less valuable, which is why I think it's so freaking powerful that you said you have to figure out about how where you put your value and your worth compared to what is traditional. Um, so I wanna talk about what you call sexual market value. And this is very controversial, but here's the thing. If people can open up and what you're about to say can be actually beautiful if you hear um, 
the takeaway message? So I have an obsession, which you know very much, which is the physics of being human. So going to beauty, I, I, on this, I'm just completely unafraid. Like if people get upset, like that makes me sad because they are rejecting something that isn't, is just true about the human experience. And if you look at humans on an evolutionary time scale, nature had to incentivize certain behaviors. Nature had to incentivize sex so that you would procreate and that you would have children. So that is a strategy that mother nature used. Now, mother nature needs to incentivize certain behaviors. So mother nature says, hey, don't just mate. Mate with somebody who's likely to be reproductively successful. So that happens to be tied to youth. The older women get, they move into what's actually a, a really interesting part of human evolution, which we'll call the grandmother phase. So you don't die when you're no longer reproductively available. How interesting is that? The fact that wisdom and caretaking, all of those things, like they end up being so valuable that even post-menopause, there's such a powerful role to be had that you can live for decades, sometimes longer after menopause and before. I mean, that, that to me is really fascinating. But nature says, but sexually, I don't focus on the grandmas, okay? They have a totally different role. I want you to focus on the ones that are most likely to get pregnant. Now, this is where we can go so deep down this rabbit hole. We are the only species, women are the only half of a species that obfuscates, hides your, um, when you're reproductive. So now it's like, okay, well, if I don't know when you're ovulating, then I need to just have signals. Youth is one of them. Um, youth is probably the biggest one, but hip to waist ratio is another one. Bus size is another one. All things that indicate that not only are you of like prime reproductive age, but that you have the resources, the just available amount of fat on your body to sustain having a child. So now it's like nature's going, yo, I've given you all these signals, dear men, look for those and go after those signals. So if nature has given that signal, you can imagine that she deeply embeds then my like impulse towards those signals, which is again, so interesting, but where people get into trouble. And one of the things that we talked about on our first date or early date, forget when it was exactly, but it was like, look, I'm always gonna find other women attractive. Don't freak out about it. You're always gonna find other men attractive. I'm not gonna freak out about that. That is just nature at work. Um, so when you begin to contextualize it like that and you understand that push, and one thing that I find really, really interesting, if you ask women what age group of man they find attractive, it's always a four-year range around their age. So when you're 20, you find guys from 18 to 22 attractive. When you're 40, you find guys from 38 to 42 attractive. It just slides. So whatever age you are, like that's your range. Guys, no matter what their age, 13, 73, they find women who are 22 attractive. It never changes. So that is like, that's the physics of being human. That is the nature of it. Now, you can think about it in terms of the male gaze. And I find Heather Hines um, talks about the male gaze and how every woman has this moment of awakening where you realize, guys are looking at me differently. And there's a coming into your power. And females have that power. Um, 
Douglas Murray talks about how can can we just admit that a woman in her sexual peak who's at the peak attractiveness can get a grown man to do the most absurd things ever, throw away their entire careers, money, everything, because nature has said, hey, this is your ability to gain immortality by having children. And some guys, obviously not all guys, the vast majority of everybody on both sides of the fence can keep themselves on a nice straight narrow path and never act the fool either way. But when you understand that outliers, that that's gonna be something where people really can wield tremendous power. But women who um, never sort of find peace in that and never understand how to leverage that to feel good about themselves, to enjoy that phase, it's a phase and it will go away. And one day you are gonna be in the grandmother phase and then enjoy the grandmother phase for what it has to offer. But I've always said, in life, you go through phases. Enjoy every phase for what it has to offer. And there is a point at which women have this moment of beauty and I think that they should enjoy it. I'm not saying flaunt it. I'm not saying you have to go out and advertise your sexuality. I'm not saying any of that. But I'm saying, I heard a very interesting quote that men enjoy looking at something that turns them on and women enjoy being the turn on. Mm. Now, if that is part of the physics of being human, which would make sense because men are meant to desire that woman who is able to bear offspring. So that's what men are drawn to. And then women would find the excitement in being the thing that they desire because that's precisely what's going to bring you together. Now, it's a, it's a totally different strategy for women in terms of what they need from a good genes perspective and all that. It's not necessarily just being good looking. If you own your own business, when an employee leaves your company, whether on good terms or bad, it can feel, I hate to say it, but it actually can feel personal. Like you and you alone are the one to blame. And it actually may even trigger you to lock down your business, not open yourself up and not actually risk trying anyone else. Like you actually would your heart after a bad breakup and avoid looking for that new partner altogether. Well, let's face it, sometimes we can do that with highs as well. And trust me, guys, I've been there. I get the thought of bringing in a new stranger into your business actually fills your heart with more anxiety than it does love and joy. But when you post your jobs on LinkedIn, you can actually feel the confidence that you will find the right person for the right job fast because LinkedIn isn't actually just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion billion with a B professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Because guys, it gives you access to professionals that you actually can't find anywhere else. And so LinkedIn does all that while making the process easy and intuitive, which then makes hiring with confidence easy when you have that many quality candidates. And it's so easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get qualified candidates within 24 hours. So post your jobs for free at linkedin.com slash Lisa. That's linkedin.com slash Lisa to post your job for utterly free. And of course, terms and conditions always apply. As an entrepreneur, one of the biggest challenges you will face is the negative voice in your head. You know who I'm talking about? That may be not so small part of you that loudly doubts your abilities to actually pull the things off and make a living from your passion project. But you've got to overcome that negative voice in your head, homie, because I'm telling you, you can do it especially if you use Shopify. Now, Shopify is an all-in-one global commerce platform that helps you sell at 
every stage of your business. From launching your business to hitting a million dollars, Shopify has got you completely covered. And with all the built-in Magic AI award-winning customer service and the internet's best converting checkout, you have everything you need to shut down the voice of doubt and make all your amazing business dreams a reality. That's exactly why, guys, I love Shopify. So if you want to start growing your business with more customers and sales, shut that negative voice down and prove her wrong that you can do it, Shopify is here for you. So go and sign up for just $1 a month with your trial period at shopify.com slash lisa, all lowercase. Again, guys, you can go to shopify.com slash lisa right now to grow your business, no matter where you are and what stage it's in. That's shopify.com slash lisa. But that's interesting though, because while on one side, so everything you just broken down is amazing. And why I love that is exactly why I freaking am obsessed with the book, The Female Brain. Understanding how my brain works, understanding evolution, understanding humans, and just accepting that this is how we're built allows me then to say, doesn't mean that I have to accept then people acting, right? If you were just to go, oh, well, look, I'm, I'm wired to be with young, hot women. So bye. Like, I wouldn't accept that. But at least understanding the basis of where everything starts then allows, at least for me to then go, okay, how do I overcome this? How do I overcome the, the insecurity that I would feel as I get older? If you're saying the male gaze is real and females love being the object of the gaze, then... They, they are turned on by being the thing that turns someone on. Okay. So if knowing that the male gaze is always, um, is built to be looking at the younger, um, more fertile women, knowing that allows me to go, okay, I can't freaking compete with them, right? So for me, knowing that that's how the brains work, that that's how people are drawn, that's what, um, as a species, that's how we act. How do we overcome that? What are the things where we don't just act on our impulses? Um, and then the communication between the two of us. And I usually just remember one thing that we kind of do with each other where we're each other's, um, oh, what's the word? Like AA, your sponsor. Um, so being able to build the trust with each other that when someone says, like, I can't validate you, only you can, um, it was built, we've built 20 years of trust for you to be able to say that so that I know you're not saying it to be mean, you're not trying to say that to put me down, you're actually saying it to try and show me something. Um, and in that moment, actually, I remember saying to myself, this is a moment to actually analyze because I don't just take your word for truth, right? I do think about it, right? And so in that moment when you said that, I was like, okay, am I actually being insecure here? But it all comes to building that foundation right from the beginning of being honest, having the communication, um, and then helping the other person get over their insecurities. Um, I don't really remember though the first time you ever told me that you weren't secure about something. I don't know that I ever just came out and said, oh, this is an insecurity of mine. Most of mine revolve around intelligence. So that's always been a huge struggle of mine. I mean, even to this day, the thing that if you gave me a button that I could press and was like, hey, you can be, you know, Elon Musk smart, I would like throw my arm out of the socket pressing the button. Um, but just like you realize over investing in your beauty because your beauty is transient, it's going to go away. You better have something else that you can value yourself for. I realize my intelligence, I can get, 
I can get more effectively intelligent in the sense of I can fill my brain with better beliefs, better values. I can educate myself on a wide variety of topics. But ultimately, like they're 50% of who you are is hardwired. So it's like my brain processes data in a certain way and all the physics textbook reading in the world is not gonna make me have the kind of insights that Einstein had. Mm. So I'm at the point where even though I would throw my arm out of the socket to hit the yes be as smart as Elon Musk button, um, I love my life. And I'm, I really believe that I will run out of time before I will run out of potential to turn into skill set. So having something else that you can value is really the key. And um, I think that that's incredibly important for anybody to find like what's that next thing. Um, and something that I forgot to say when you were talking before, and I know it's totally derailing us, but I find it so interesting. The correlate for where women cease to have beauty and they move into the grandma phase, men become harmless. And that's the devastating moment for a man because you may still be wealthy as the day is long. And as we all know from you know, some of the, the shows that you watch, it's like guys can get younger women if they have access to enough resources. But the moment you become harmless, I think is, is a brutally painful moment for a guy. That, that word is strong, that really hit me. So what are you doing then to overcome uh, well, it's the interesting. approach of being harmless? I think it will hurt me, just as when you get to the age where you finally have to cross a threshold of, I'm no longer sexy to the average person. Um, I think when I realize that I have become harmless, that no woman need worry about my sexual advances, that no man need worry about my physical prowess, um, that will suck. It's not like high on the list of things that I value myself for, but it's the water that I'm in. I've always been very vital. I've always had a certain physical stature. I'm six feet tall. So it's like, you know, I walk in with some presence. And now I'm sort of at the peak of my, I, you know, have access to a tremendous amount of resources um, and I'm still young-ish. So <laughs> it's like, I'm right in that sweet spot for a guy. Yeah. Um, but the interesting thing is I have no sense of that experience. And I think going into that will only derail from the conversation you want to have around insecurities. But that, that is something that interests me about myself. Choices of things that I chose to value 20 years ago that are now sort of reaping benefits now where I have just this incredible amount of stability around my life because I don't value myself for things like fame. Mm. Yeah, and that's... That's one thing that I've reminded myself since we kind of first got together and we've been talking about this is I recognize the danger in valuing my my beauty or my physique or how I look because I know at some stage I'm going to be a bag, big bag of wrinkles and bones. So I have actively worked on being proud of how better I'm getting at art. I'm being proud of how I'm always striving to be a great wife, how I'm always striving to be the best business partner, how I'm always trying to learn and grow and, you know, understand writing. And like, so focusing on all these other things allows me to get my confidence in other places so that as my looks, I just get older and older, um, I'm not attached to that and I'm not 
feeling insecure about it. And I think that that's super important, especially as I get older. Um, one thing I also want to talk to you about, though, that has gotten a massive amount of controversy, but for some reason, me and you, like, we're so, like, I don't understand the controversy, but I had said in one interview with you, actually, that insecurities aren't sexy. I love that phrase. And people lost their shit. Really? So I wasn't being mean to you, but you had said you really want big arms. And if you were insecure about your arms and you were telling me, hey, I really want this, but you're not doing the actions to get it and you're insecure about it, as your partner that wants to see you succeed, I would be very honest with you. And I'd be like, if you want bigger arms, go to the gym. Don't just sit there and be insecure about it. Like, if I'm down on myself, I've been kicked in the teeth, I've lost my job, whatever. I do not want you to get on your knees and put an arm around me and cry with me. It's not what I want in a partner. I want you to extend a hand to me, pick me up, brush me off, remind me of who I could become. That's what I want in a partner. And that's exactly what you were doing. And it was so powerful. I hold on to that phrase. That phrase is like, it is everything. And this is where I get defiant because this is people fucking themselves up and they're spending a lot of time being arguing and being annoyed with us. And I'm like, and then the next question is gonna be, how, how do you guys have such an amazing marriage? <laughs> it's actually true. Let me tell you. You fucking tell the other person what we call giving the keys of the kingdom. Hey, don't get on your knees with me and cry. That's not what I want. Pick me up, brush me off, make me feel good, build me up, remind me of who I could become, which is exactly what you did. I was whining and whining and whining about how hard it was for me to get bigger muscles. And so it was like, well, work out harder. What the fuck? Like, it wasn't like I came home one day and was like, oh, I'm really disappointed, how hard? And it was like, no, come on, baby. Oh my God, your arms look so good. And you doing everything. Like, oh no, flex a muscle for me, squeezing, oh my God, it's so hot. You're doing all of that. And I'm still in a downward spiral about, no, they're not big enough. I mean, there's a whole name for this. It's called bigorexia. Uh, it, where mm, guys just can't mm. get big enough to can't know. Like I, I never hit like those levels, trust me. But I wanted to get bigger arms. And quite frankly, what I was really whining about was I wanted it to be easier. Mm. And after enough time where you're like, Jesus, I'm doing everything. I'm calling you a stud. I'm holding onto your arms. I'm pointing out how much bigger your arms have already gotten. I'm uh, on and on and on in photos in real life. And just like doing everything you can to big me up as the Brits would say and it wasn't working. And so finally you realize, okay, well that strategy is not effective. He doesn't want me getting down on my knees, putting an arm around him and crying about it with him. What's left? Pick him back up, brush him off, remind him who he could be by saying, if you want bigger arms, man, you can have them. But you just, there's a reality. You're working out this hard, you're getting this result. If you want a better result, then you have to work out harder. And by the way, I don't need that. So if you want to get out of this spiral and you don't want to put more time in the gym, then just choose not to value bigger arms. Right. It's like- I wasn't saying get over it, Twiggy. Right, <laughs> exactly. So it's like people really, really, really need to go past the fucking tweet level explanation and get into what we call the advanced class. 
I don't understand people that react with like the annoyance thing. So I do understand in a sense that if I, like for instance, if there was something that I was really insecure about and in that moment, in that very moment, I'm a little fragile. I'd be like, yes. babe, I know I need to hear this, but right now I just need a cuddle. Like I'm very articulate within that moment that the tough love may not work because you automatically go to the tough love. Now in reverse, you wouldn't want me to be sweet. You would only want the tough love. So sometimes you've given me some tough love when I've been a bit insecure and I've said to you in that moment right now I know what you're about to say like but telling me have a growth mindset right in this moment when I'm feeling super vulnerable and insecure just pisses me off so I come sometimes say to you I right now I just need a cuddle right now I just need this and being able to articulate what you're needing in the moment but not then shutting you down right because if they're just like I don't ever want to hear the truth just make me feel good. That also doesn't work. So I don't think asking your partner to just be sweet and kind and understanding is the answer to the long-term solution. Um, it, it would be if it worked. And so yes. I'm very glad with what you just said, because I was like, I swear to God, if your punchline is that just don't say what is true. Oh, Jesus. No, no, but no. a thousand percent, you got to be tactful. And you don't just want to tag people where they're insecure. If somebody's insecure and they've been brave enough to tell you, I'm insecure about this, never, ever, 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 ever weaponize that. Don't use that against them. If you can avoid hurting their feelings, go way, way, way out of your way to get the message across without hurting their feelings. I never want to upset you. But in the case where somebody is downward spiraling and you've tried every lifeline, the only kind thing remaining is to give them the truth. And the truth may be, so let's say the day is coming, I promise you, where you're going to come to me crestfallen that you don't feel sexy anymore. And in that moment, I'm not just going to say, get over it. I'm going to say, this is where values comes into play. And if you try to hold on to the valuing yourself for looking like a 22-year-old and getting those responses that's gonna be a fucking nightmare of untold proportion. But I'm not gonna bullshit you. Is a fucking 22-year-old playboy centerfold like still occupying a neuron in my brain that will fire whenever I see them? That yes, that is attractive? Of course. Mm. But you know I have planted a seed in my own mind of something I value. I have watered that seed every day of my life and given all the nutrients that that little seed needs the same thing to you so that you know, and that is a shared life matters to me more than anything. So, hey, yes, you're old and wrinkly. Why am I still so into you? Because we've shared this fucking life. And I am so, I've so melded that with my sexual attraction, with everything that it's like, yo, I'm telling you, I will be as excited about you when you're 95 as I am today but I'm doing the work to make sure that I confuse two ideas in my own mind. And those ideas are this shared life that we have built together that's amazing, the ups, the downs, the like, all of it, man. You see your partner in the worst moments of their life, sick, whining, complaining, heartbroken, just devastated. We have articulated, hey, we're gonna choose to value that because that is a very robust thing. The one thing that is anti-fragile in a relationship is shared experience. The good, the bad, the ugly, all of it. And every day that goes by, that gets stronger, not weaker. Mm. So you shouldn't 
put yourself in a weak, vulnerable position where you need somebody to echo value back to you. You should not need me to feed you that you are attractive and all that. And at the same time, what kind of person would I be if I don't do everything I can to make you feel good about yourself across every dimension that a human can feel good about themselves? Not to bullshit you, but to find ways to really be excited about that. So very, very early in our relationship, I had this realization. Every time I go to criticize you, instead I'm going to compliment you and I'm not going to fake it. I'm just going to, instead of saying that minor little criticism, hey, think of something that's real that you could compliment her on instead. And all that does is change my focus. Mm -hmm. You see what you focus on. So if I focus on the things that you're doing wrong, which by the way, you do all kinds of things wrong all the time. And if I focused on those, it'd be a nightmare. But hey, by the way, if I focus on all the things that make you the single most extraordinary human being I have ever met in my life, and I'm telling myself that over and over and over, over time, it becomes more true because that's all I can see. I've spent time building this architecture of all the things that you do that are so wonderful that I almost can't see past it to see your flaws because every time a flaw comes up, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not interested in that. So that remains like a little sandcastle Whereas the things that I really care about, I'm like, but she does this and she does this. And I construct this vision of who you are that I just reinforce over and over and over. And because I'm reinforcing it over and over and over, it becomes really robust. So again, you shouldn't put yourself in the weak position of needing me to echo it back. And at the same time, I should be doing everything I can to build you up. Yeah. All right, Billy, where can people find you? At Tom Bilyeu. Or more importantly, my new YouTube show, Relationship Theory, which I do with my wife. Yeah. I think people should tune in for that. Guys, guys, go check out Relationship Theory on YouTube. And if this episode has brought you value, tag, share, like, comment, subscribe. If you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Bilyeu. And until next time, guys, don't be insecure. Be the hero of your own life. Peace out.